listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This time of fasting and prayer is going to change our lives forever. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Hey, evangelist TJ, love you. I truly believe that by the time this time of fasting and prayer is over, that we're going to have fresh direction from the Holy Ghost. We're going to have fresh strength. We're going to be equipped. We're going to have encounters with the Holy Ghost like we've never had before, ever, in our lives. And it's going to change the trajectory of our lives, businesses, ministries, and families. I mean, I mean that with all my heart. And um, in this session tonight, I'm going to I'm going to be talking to you about explosive encounters with God through fasting and prayer. Explosive encounters with God through fasting and prayer. And uh, I want you to take notes. I want you to to write some things in the comments as we're going forward. But I'm going to I'm going to be talking to you about what to expect because a lot of people don't understand what should I expect. When I jump into times of fasting and prayer like this, um, don't go in flippantly. That's number one. Don't go in just saying, you know, this is just a time for me to, to, to put my flesh under. It is that, but it's more than that. It's an, it's a super, let me just say this. And I, and I, and I really want you to get this. I believe I put this in uh, complete guide to biblical fasting, but if you can write this down and remember it, and get it in your spirit. It will help you forever as you understand the subject of fasting. Okay? I'm going to say it slowly. I want you to write it down. Put it in the comments. Fasting is a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. And I want you to put that in the comments. Put that in your notes. Fasting is a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. I'm going to say it one more time. This is so vital that you get this because when you do, you'll realize that it's nothing that's just a Christian discipline. It is that, but it's more than that. Fasting is a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. I'm going to break that down for you in a minute, but, but I want you to catch it. People think fasting is just me crucifying my flesh. They think it's just a Christian discipline that, oh, you know what? We should do that every once in a while. We get a little too carnal. That's true. And it is good to put your flesh under, and it does do that. But it's more than just something that's in the natural realm. This is a supernatural transaction. Now, I know that there are some that that will believe and teach that Christians aren't required to fast. There are people that believe that. There are people that teach that that Christians aren't required to fast. I would disagree with those people. And the reason that I would disagree with those people, biblically, is because uh, when Jesus was questioned about uh, the subject of fasting, they said, how come the Pharisees fast and John's disciples fast, but your disciples do not fast? And he said, you don't fast when the bridegroom is with you. He said, but then when the bridegroom is taken away from you, he said this, then 
they will fast. Now, he's not just speaking, obviously, about his 12 disciples. He's speaking about his followers. He's speaking about his uh, people, the, the Christians that would follow after redemption. Then they will fast. Well, you say, well, that's your opinion. Well, look at, look at how it affected Christian history, if you will. Because I want, I want you to see this. The expectation of Christ, and then when I'm taken away, they will fast. Look at how it affected the Christian church. One thing we know very clearly is that uh, the apostles fasted and continued to fast after Jesus was gone. The book of Acts tells us that clearly. But then it wasn't just the apostles, the early church, all the Christians continued a serious fasting schedule after Jesus left the earth. And in fact, we have extra biblical historical documents like the Didache. That was the writings of the apostles that were not inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we can look at them as historical documents. You know what they tell us? That the church, the Christians for the first few centuries of the church were fasting for two days every single week. This was the kind of dedication that was provoked in the Christians by the expectation of Christ. He didn't say they might fast. It's up to them. We'll see if they do or not. No, they will fast. He said they will fast. Jesus, in his subject on fasting and prayer, on the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. When you fast. And Jesus was a man of fasting. And the apostles were men of fasting. Old Testament saints fasted. New Testament Christians fasted. And they didn't do it flippantly. They did it with expectation that God would meet them at their point of dedication. It's what we're doing. Same exact thing that we're doing here. And I want to show you about explosive encounters with God. Anybody that treats fasting flippantly doesn't understand the power of fasting. Anybody that's done anything powerful throughout the history of the Christian church have been people of fasting and prayer. I mean, you look at the people that have done it. Look at Dr. Cho, who built the largest church in the world, over a million members. And when his mother-in-law, Madam Che, was asked, how did you guys build such a large church? Give us your church growth strategy. You know what she said? We fast, 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 and we pray, pray, pray. That was her answer. She didn't have some slick, church growth package. Madam Chase said, we fast, 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 and we pray, pray, pray. Did you know that when Bishop David Oyedepo came back from meeting with Dr. Cho in Korea, that's when his church began to explode in growth. When they learned how to fast and pray the way that they were doing in Korea. I can tell you, if you look across the body of Christ in history, the thing that will mark the difference between those that have shaken their generation and those that nobody remembers their name is that the people who have shaken their generation have been people of fasting and prayer. No question about it. People of fasting and prayer. Look at men like A.A. Allen and others that have shaken their generation. They're men of fasting and prayer. And it's something that is an expectation of Christ for his people. It's an expectation of Christ for his followers. I don't think it's optional 
for Christians to fast. And I don't think anyone should teach that it's optional for Christians to fast. It is something that Christ expected. It's something that the apostles and Christ modeled. It's something that the early church did. And it's something that we should do as well. It's a Christian discipline. Just as it's not optional to pray, it's not optional to attend church, it's not optional to give, it's not optional to win souls, it is not optional to fast. We have a dedication to Christ. And so I want you to see this. We're going to be talking about uh, explosive encounters with God. One of the things I want you to set your faith for during this 21 days of fasting and prayer, set your faith for explosive encounters with God. The kind that change you. I mean the kind that really change you. I want you to take your Bible and go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. Now, uh, what I'm getting ready to show you here, this, th- this first example is not uh, uh, an example of fasting, but it, it does have, and I put it in this book as well, There is a pattern here that I'd like you to follow and learn from this passage that we're getting ready to read, which is very important. We're in Genesis 32, and um, this is the story of Jacob as he's getting ready to wrestle with God. We know that. He does have an explosive encounter with God. He has an explosive encounter with God. Genesis 32 I'm going to start with verse 22, and we're going to talk about this principle that Jacob employed. The Bible says in Genesis 32:22, the same night Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok River. He took them and sent them across the stream, and everything else that he had, all of his possessions, And Jacob was what? Left alone. This is important right here. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But look at Jacob. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hallelujah. I, I want you to get this mindset right now during this time of fasting and prayer. And I would really, I would really like you to put it in the comments. I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. That's what we're expecting of the Lord. Lord, we're not, we're going to press in until you bless us. We're going to pray until you bless, until you bless us. We're going to fast. We're going to read your word. We're going to praise you. We're going to worship you. We're going to sow. We are going to be faithful until you bless us. I will not let you go until you bless me. Hallelujah. I'll not let you go until you bless me. Now look at this. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, which means liar, deceiver, supplanter. I want you to get this. Jacob's name meant liar, deceiver, supplanter. He said, my name's liar, deceiver, supplanter, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called liar, deceiver, supplanter. He said, but your name shall be called, 
Israel. Hallelujah. For you have striven with God and have prevailed. And that's what the name Israel means, the one who strives with God. He said, you have striven with God and you have prevailed and with men. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you asked my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. That word Peniel means uh, the face of God. Peniel, meaning the face of God. So catch this. I want to give you this principle here. Jacob did something very important. Jacob created a wilderness experience. That's, that's what I wrote. I talked a little bit about that in one of the days in this devotional, a wilderness experience. Now we know that there are others through the Bible who actually went into the wilderness to pray. Jesus went out into the wilderness to pray. Others did the same. Obviously we're, we have jobs and families that we're not going out into the wilderness. But one of the things that I was teaching in the book that we all have to learn how to do is to create a wilderness experience. What does that mean? Well, look what Jacob did. Jacob pushed all, not just of his wives, children, servants, possessions. He pushed them all across the river. And I love that phrase. And Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. Hallelujah. Stephen asks, so the expectation is for the blessing or for the explosive experience with God? It is the explosive experience with God that will bring the blessing. That's what we have to understand. Uh, before I get into this wilderness experience, let me make one comment here. People hear the word, the blessing. I want to receive the blessing. And they think of the things that come from the blessing. You know, people always think of provision. They think of a house and a car and the finances and the job and the promotion. But I want you to remember this. Those are just the results of the blessing. Those are just the results of the blessing. The blessing itself is a pronouncement. I pronounce a blessing on you. And when God pronounces his blessing upon you, then all of the things that follow blessing will come upon you. But the blessing is not the things. The blessing is a decree or a pronouncement from God. Amen. And that's what we have to understand. So when we have an explosive encounter with his presence and we receive his declaration of blessing, guess what? All those other things will follow. But what we want is an ex, we, we have an expectation to encounter his presence and his glory and his power. That's what we want. That's what we need. So that's what Jacob was looking for. He, he was left alone, the Bible says. And one of the things that no, fasting is not a pronouncement. The blessing is a pronouncement. Fasting is our dedication to seek the face of God. We're putting food to the side. We're not eating for 21 days and we're, we're praying. We're seeking his face. We're reading his word. See, and so I want you to get this. Jacob made a very important step here. The Bible says, and he was left alone, but notice that he took the actions that left him alone. He took the actions that left him alone. So one of the things I'm encouraging you during these 21 days, see, prioritize what's important and don't let things that would normally waste your time, waste your time. You know, it's good. Now it's 
you know, not watching streaming services or cutting out social media or those things aren't fasting, but they should be done while fasting. You know, you shouldn't binge nine hours of Netflix while you're fasting. See what I mean? You can cut out time that you spend on social media and you can cut out those other things. Fasting's not eating food, but also those time wasters that would keep you from seeking the face of God. You've got to cut them out and remove distractions. Because if we don't remove distractions, our flesh will once again find a way to take over and will miss seeking the face of God. There's no point in pushing the plate away and not eating if you're not going to pray and study God's word and get in his presence. At that point, it's just a hunger strike and you might as well eat something. But for those that are serious, those that are jumping on with the victory tribe and saying, you know what, I'm going to make these 21 days 21 days of dedication to the presence of God. I'm going to press in and I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. I will not let you go until things turn in my favor. I won't let you go until my whole future is shifted on the path that you have planned for me. And here's the key. Notice what happened for Jacob. The Bible says it's not just a name change. It's a future change. It's a destiny change. It's not just Jacob to Israel, it's his entire identity was changed by one encounter with God. Think about that. His entire identity was changed by one encounter with the Most High God. And I'm telling you, there are people watching me right now that are suffering. People that are suffering in their families, suffering with their relationships. You got family that's not even serving the Lord. You've got loved ones battling drug addictions and prescription med addictions, alcohol addictions and uh, pornography addiction. You've got people that are sick, that are battling disease and sickness in their body. People are struggling. And you say, man, I need a touch from God. I need a touch from the Lord. I, I need God to, to come and show his glory in my family. I need God to show his glory in my body and in my mind. I need, we need financial breakthrough. I need God. And see, that's what we're believing for. Explosive encounters that will change the whole destiny of your family, the whole future. Your children will serve the Lord. Your husband, your wife will serve the Lord. Sickness has to run out of your body. Disease has to let you go. Addictions have to loose their grip. Depression and anxiety have to run out of your house. And the doors that you're believing to open will open for you because you serve a God who holds the key of David, the Bible says. And when he opens doors, no man can shut them. And when he shuts doors, no man can open them. No demon can open them. You understand? And so you begin to realize that's what we're expecting. We're expecting the power of God. This is not a religious exercise. My goodness, if this was a religious exercise, I'd just keep eating. I would just keep on eating, but I know what this does. I know what changes when you do this. I know what takes place. This is a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. It's a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. You say, well, what scripturally do we see that proves that point, that proves that, that that's what this is? Well, fasting is the most uh, extreme way of seeking God. I'll just say that, especially for your flesh. Fasting is the most extreme way of seeking God. 
You can pray, and we should pray every day whether we're fasting or not. And every Christian should be praying daily. But when we get to a point where we fast and pray, that is the most extreme way of seeking the face of God. Well, if it is the most extreme way of seeking God, what does the Bible say about seeking God? And what are the results of seeking God? Well, let me give you a few. Number one, the Bible says in the book of James, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you, right? So we're expected to take that first step. We are expected to go toward him first. When we go toward him, the Bible says he comes toward us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So when we fast and pray, the promise of the Bible is when we take active steps to seek our God, to seek his face, the Bible says he then draws near to us. Not everybody is seeking God's presence. Yeah, I'm talking about in Christianity. Not everybody's seeking God's presence. Not everybody's seeking his favor. Not everybody is seeking his voice or listening for it. There's many, many Christians that are coasting through their life, that are barely getting by. Not everybody is seeking his face. But we are in Jesus' name. That's why I put that, this dedication in this new book where I said, this is for the faithful. We will never grow cold and will never fall away in Jesus' name. Well, why? Because there is a prophecy that in the last days, the hearts of many will grow cold, that many will fall away from the faith, not us in Jesus' name. We're pressing in. We're taking active steps to press into his presence and to receive encounters with God. Encounters. Draw near unto God, and then he'll draw near unto you. He's first, get this now, he's first waiting to see who is going to come towards him. He's not wasting his time with people that don't care about his presence. He's not wasting his time with people that are, they, they don't, they're not hungry for a move of God. They don't care. So he's, he's not wasting his time with people like that. He's looking for people who are drawing near to him. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 16 and verse number 9, that if we, why? Because God's eyes are searching. He's searching through the whole earth. Searching through the, the eyes of the Lord are searching through the whole earth. What's he looking for? People whose hearts are turned toward him. One translation said, whose hearts are loyal to him. On whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty. That'll be your story in these 21 days and for 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus. That will be your story in Jesus' name. That'll be the story of your ministry. That'll be the story of your business. That'll be the story of your family. That'll be the story of your, of your household in Jesus' mighty name. He's going to find us seeking and he's going to show himself strong and mighty on our behalf in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. In fact, if you believe it, put it in the comments. That will be my story. That will be my story. That will be my story in Jesus' name. And so we see it. It's, 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 a, it's a removal of distractions. It's a move toward God's presence. And he's watching us. He's watching us. And as he sees us coming uh, toward him, 
and toward his presence and toward his glory, guess what? He's moving already towards us. He's already moving toward us. Whew, that gets me excited right there. That gets me excited right there. He's already moving toward us. Thank you, Jesus. He's already moving toward us. The reason I pulled my phone out, I wanted to, um, I wanted to read you a testimony that came in. Listen to this testimony. It's only day one of the fast and things are already popping. That'll be our story in Jesus' name. Listen to this testimony. Testimony, we were only a few hours into the fast and God majorly blessed us. We felt him calling us to share our testimony at the river down to Dr. Rodney's. And today they called us up to share it. And as we were sharing our testimony, Dr. Rodney decided to bless us and so $10,000 into our business idea that God gave us. We sowed the $100 that you sent us for the freeze-dried fruit and candy into the kingdom and we're using that to fund the harvest. God multiplied it back. And then as we're walking out of church, told us that for their new business of making this food, that they would buy a one-year supply from, this, from their family and w- when we get our food license and to, to be able to sell this. Uh, and then someone else came up and offered to market their new business. This is just day one of the fast and day two of the new year. We're blown away and can't wait to see what else is coming for the rest of the fast. Come on. We're getting ready to see God do supernatural things that nobody will be able to explain. It's going to be so supernatural that it's going to blow the minds of natural men. That's that's what we've been declaring, that God's going to do things that are so supernatural that they'll blow the minds of natural men. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. So I want you to write it. That'll be my story. Explosive encounters with God that that will cause his declaration of blessing to produce increase in such a way that no natural mind we'll be able to understand it. We'll just have to sit back and laugh. That's all, that's all we'll be able to do is sit back and laugh at how good God is because we're seeking him. And he promised that when we are actively seeking him, that he's going to show himself strong and mighty on our behalf. Let I me mean, imagine that you walk into church you, you get asked to share your testimony. Before you know it, you got a 10,000 investment in your business. You got somebody willing to buy a year's supply of your product, and you got somebody willing to market your product all in one Sunday morning. I mean, come on. Things will change quickly. Don't expect things to take 30 years to get off the ground and a decade to work for you. When God's hand is upon your life, expect things to quickly turn in your favor. Hallelujah. And things will quickly turn in your favor in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. We have explosive encounters with God coming. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Anytime you begin to seek the face of God seriously, like we're doing now, things have to change for the better. We draw near unto God. He draws near unto us. Okay. Well, what else does the Bible say? Not just the passage in the book of James. Draw near unto God, he'll draw near unto you. Not just the passage in 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro across the earth, looking for people whose hearts are turned toward him, on whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty, but also 
Let's look at Hebrews 11:6, because the Bible tells us there that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they that, uh, well, first of all, they that come to him must believe two things. What are they? That he exists. And what's number two, that he's a rewarder, but not of everybody. He's not a rewarder of everybody, but of those that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they that come to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those. Now, I think if you're on this fast, you can obviously say right off the bat, I am diligently seeking God. Nobody in their right mind would push the plate away for 21 days to pray and to seek God's face unless they were diligently seeking him. That's a big step. And by the way, I commend you for taking a step to seek the face of God. I commend you for joining us on this time of fasting and prayer. I've had a ton of people write in and say, you know what? First time fasters here. We've never fasted before. My husband and myself are joining you. All these different things. People that have never done this before are jumping in because they're hungry to see God move. They're hungry to see God shake things up. They're not, they're not satisfied with the way things are going. Here's a a, a tip for you. If you, my grandfather coined this, this term, I'd never heard it anywhere else and still haven't. My grandfather had a saying that he was satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. People are like, what does that mean? I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. What does that mean? I'm thankful for where God's brought me from. And as in the place that I'm standing today, I'm thankful for where I came from, but I also know this isn't the end of the road for me. This is not the peak. This is not the climax. Thank God for everything that he's done, but there's more to come. So I'm not settling to stay here where I am right now. I'm going to keep on seeking him until I continue to see greater and greater and greater. Thank God I'm not where I was. But thank God I'm not where I'm going yet. And that's what it means. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Thank God for where where I've come from, but thank God I'm not yet where I'm going. Thank God I'm not yet where I'm going. And so that means that we keep pressing. We keep on pressing. We keep on pressing. God's not done with us yet. No, we've not even begun to see the best yet. We've not even begun to see the breakthroughs we're getting ready to see. So that's, this is the tip I wanted to give you because you you say, well, you know, uh, you talk about it like it's a bad year. It wasn't a bad year for us. It was the best year we ever saw by far in the history of our ministry. Can I tell you that 2021 blew blew everything off the rails. And I can tell you 2020 did the same thing. 2020, 2020 was so good when everybody else was in a mess. I told you this, this testimony already. Our accountant called us when we submitted our taxes for the ministry, thought it was a typo. What God did in our ministry financially in 2020, she thought, it. there's no way. She said, do you realize that you just submitted something to us that is more than double of 2019? See, the natural mind couldn't understand it because everybody's thinking, well, 2020 people struggled. 2020 people suffered. 
2020, people couldn't get by, barely get by without a stimulus check. They weren't going to make it. And then we looked at what God did. It was only God. And the, and the accountant was like, uh, is that right? It's right. And wait till we file 2021 because it's only going to get better. But I say that to say this, that it doesn't matter that it was the best year. It doesn't matter that 2020 was the best. That doesn't mean that we're not prepared for greater. You say, well, things are going to change. Yes, but things don't have to be bad to change. Did you ever think about that? Lynn Ann said the same. 2020 and 2021 have been the best years ever for me. But notice, things don't have to be bad to change. So I'm going from bad to good. No, you could go from great to greater. Think about that. Things can change. We're going from great to greater. In fact, I want you to say that in the comments. I want you to write it in the comments. I'm going from great to greater. Put it in the comments. I'm going from great to greater in Jesus name. Yes, your family is. Yes, your business is. Yes, your ministry is in Jesus name. You're going from great to greater. You say, well, I don't have that kind of, you know, I know there were some people that went through it. I get that. And I'm not saying I don't have compassion. I do. But there's people that hear this kind of stuff and they're like, well, I, I didn't have a bad year. I didn't have a rough year. I actually did very well. Good. You're going from great to greater in Jesus name. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going from great to greater in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we're looking at this now. Exodus 34. I want you to turn there. Grab some Zevias on the fast. Zevia, Zevia, however you pronounce it. All natural. They have every flavor you can imagine. Go on Amazon. Exodus chapter 34. And I want you, I want you to see something. It's wild. This is absolutely wild to me. Exodus chapter 34. We're looking at the story of Moses now. And this is supernatural. I mean, you couldn't do this in the natural realm. This was supernatural. But Moses fasted and was in the presence of God for 40 days. 40 days. Look at this now. Exodus 34, 27 is where I'll start. And the Lord said to Moses, write these words. For in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. 28. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. Well, let me tell you something. That's supernatural. There ain't nobody going 40 days without water unless it's, but just remember something. He's standing in the direct presence of God where there's life everlasting. So just remember that. He's standing in the direct presence of God where there's life everlasting. 40 days, 40 nights with no food nor water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. Now, first, what does he get? He gets new direction from the Lord for the people of God in the form of the 10 commandments. He gets a new covenant with God for the people in the presence of God. And then I want you to see this. 29, this, this will blow your mind. And when Moses came down from the Mount, from Mount Sinai, 
with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands as he came down from the mountains, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he'd been talking with God. Hallelujah. And Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. And look at verse 33. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Now I do want to say this. I'm not expecting your face to literally shine like the sun supernaturally. But I want you to see this figuratively. I am expecting that when you come out of these encounters with God, I am expecting that we will look different than the rest of the world in every possible way. That people will see the glory and favor of God shining upon our lives. It won't be, they won't have to inspect us closely to find it. It will be visible from far away in Jesus' name. It will be visible from far away in Jesus' name. It will be visible from far away in Jesus' name. It will be visible from far away in Jesus' name. People won't have to closely inspect your life to try to find some little testimony. It will be so visible that people will be able to see it from far away. You will see the favor and the glory of God on our lives when this fast comes to an end. I'll tell you, we won't even have to wait as we're fasting and praying. We'll see the mighty glory and favor of God. Things are going to start to pop like popcorn, like for Kelly and Bill. Get ready for the same to happen for you. Because as we have explosive encounters with God during these days of fasting and prayer, get ready because when God's favor's on your life, even the heathen will see and understand it. It will be so unbelievable that people will ask, is that really right? Is that right? Just like the accountant did. People won't be able to believe it. They'll, they'll see God's manifestation and his power on your life and they will be like, are you serious? And it'll be from far away. It'll be from far away. People that don't even know you will ask you about it. Let, let me go quickly to 2 Kings because uh, while I'm on this from far away. Huh. Look at this. 2 Kings chapter 2. This is the transition of Elijah to Elisha. And once Elijah went up in the chariot of fire, the Bible says Elisha took his mantle and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he struck the Jordan River with the mantle and it parted. Just like it did for Elijah. And look at this. 2 Kings 2, verse 14. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him, struck the water, saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. Look at verse 15. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. Then they had to come to meet him. That means he wasn't close to them. Another translation said they saw him from afar off. So understand this. They saw the power of Elijah on Elisha from far away. A demon saw the power on Jesus from far away in Mark chapter 5. The Bible says there was a, 
a, a legion of demons filling that man, and he was way up in the graveyards. Jesus was pulling up on the shore. And when he got off of the boat and stood on the shore, the Bible says that the demon-possessed man looked down and seeing him afar off, ran to meet him and bowed down low before him and worship him. People won't have to get all close to you and inspect your life. It'll be so evident what God's doing as we seek his face that people's minds will be blown to see what God's doing. It will blow the minds of natural men to see the power of God. Remember, this is our year of divine possession. We will possess what we've never had. We will go where we've never gone and do what we've never done and hold what we've never held. And it'll be supernatural. God's going to do it. He'll get all the glory. He'll get all the praise. He'll get all the honor. He's the only one that can do these things. You see, and so this is our year of, put it in the comments, by the way, it's my year, personalize it. It's my year of divine possession. It's my year of divine possession in Jesus' mighty name. It is my year of divine possession. I'm not, listen, I'm not putting up, I'm not dealing with the world's crisis. That's theirs. That's not mine. You get that. It's not ours. We're, we're, of, we're of another kingdom. That's not my crisis. That's not my problem. They can stay in problems if they want. It's not our problem. I'm not participating in the crisis of the world. I have not stopped traveling for these last two years nonstop. I've sat on every plane. I've been in every crowd. I didn't wear masks except where they made me, like on the plane. I've touched everybody. I've touched everything. I don't wear gloves. I don't use hand sanitizer. And I've not had one virus enter into my body in two years. It's not my problem. It's not my crisis. I refuse to participate in the crises of the world that don't have a redeemer. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It's not for us. It's not for us. We're going higher than we've ever been. And it's going to be so evident it will be so evident that even the unbeliever will have to, they will have to say it. It will be said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. They'll say it too. And the Bible says they saw him from afar off. The demon possessed man saw Jesus from afar off and knew it and said, he's full of the power of God. I have to go bow down and worship him. He is more powerful than we are. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Go with me to 1 Kings 19. I'll show you another one. Moses had an extreme encounter with God that literally put a glow on him that people couldn't stand. Think about that. Put a glow on Moses. They couldn't even handle it. He had to wear a veil on his face. That's what I'm talking about. So extreme. The blessing of God. So extreme. The power of God. So extreme. The manifestations of God, so extreme, people will just be blown away. Blown away. 1 Kings 19, again, it's the story of Elijah. And the Bible says he's in the presence of God, and God has the angels say to him, verse 7, 1 Kings 19, 7, Arise and eat. For the journey is too great for you. Now I want to stop here and say something. As we fast and pray, supernatural sustenance 
is coming into us to do this thing we're called to do. To do this thing we're called to do. We're not operating on natural strength. We're not operating in natural power. As the word of God says, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What we're getting ready to do in 2022, it is by the spirit of God. It is not by our own might. I don't want to do anything by my strength. I don't want to do anything by my power. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's going to be us. But notice this. Elijah didn't have the strength to do what God needed him to do. So you know what God did? He provided Elijah with a supernatural meal. Set it right out in front of him. And the angel said, get up and eat. Get up and eat. For the journey, look at this. For the journey is too great for you. So I need supernatural sustenance. I need the word of God and the spirit of God to lead me and to strengthen me and to empower me to do what I'm called to do. For the journey is too great for my flesh. That's what everybody needs to realize. The journey is too great for our flesh. Can't do it in the flesh. As the Apostle Paul said, there is nothing good in my flesh. The journey is too great for the flesh. So we need the spirit realm. We need to be led by the spirit. And notice when God feeds him this supernatural meal, let me read you what happens to him afterwards. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Notice this, God fed Elijah and because of the sustenance God gave him, Elijah didn't have to eat again for 40 days, for 40 days. He ran on the same strength, ran on the same power. How, do you believe, I mean, do you believe that you could receive an impartation during this 21 days of fasting and prayer that would strengthen you to run through this whole year? Do, can you trust God and say, Lord, I believe that in these 21 days, as we dedicate ourselves to you and consecrate ourselves, pour into me a supernatural strength that will lead me through 2022 into my divine possession in supernatural strength and power that I'll not burn out. I won't fizzle out. I'm not a flash in the pan. I am here to stay by the power of God. That's what you're declaring. This is not going to be some kind of a, oh, well, they had a one good year, one good banner year. No, no, no. It's never ending increase until Jesus comes. It's never ending increase until Jesus comes. Lord, fill me with a strength. Fill me with a power. Fill me with supernatural sustenance that will carry me supernaturally through this whole year. That I won't burn out. I won't begin to diminish. It's not a down, well, everything went downhill after January. No. No. We're going to increase. February is going to be greater than January. March is going to be greater than February. You go through. Bishop prophesied it this morning at our church. He said the first six months of the year are going to set you up for the last half of the year. That we're going to do things and see things take place in the first six months. They're going to set us in position for divine possession at the end of the year. 
the end will be greater than the beginning. Never-ending increase in Jesus' mighty name. That's going to be our story. Why? Because we're going to have explosive encounters with the Most High God. Explosive encounters with the Most High God. Let me go on here. So we see it. He ran on the strength of that for 40 days. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to run on the strength of what God's doing for us in these 21 days for 2022. Now, this, it doesn't mean we're, it's going to be the only time we fast in 2022. I'm just saying we're starting the year right. We're doing what the Lord said that we should do. We're setting ourselves apart, prioritizing him, setting him first. And when you put God first, he'll put you first. Hallelujah. When you put God first, he will put you first. How do you know? Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these other things that other people are dying to get will just be added unto you. Hallelujah. They'll be added unto you. I want you to get ready. Lift your hands where you're watching this from. I'm not done teaching, but I feel to declare this over you. Get ready in 2022 for the things that other people are striving to get working three jobs to get, beating themselves over the head to get, they'll just be added unto you in Jesus' name. The things that others, others are struggling for will just be added unto you in Jesus' name. For in 2022, as we seek first priority, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these other things are going to be added unto you. Say, what are you talking about? Stuff that other people are struggling to get. Well, I can't afford. Other people are struggling to find properties. They're struggling to find homes. Well, the prices have gone up. Let me tell you something. They're struggling to find them. You're going to receive them in Jesus' name. What others are dying to get is going to be added unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. People are trying to find jobs and better jobs. I can't find a job. I can't get a promotion. Other people are dying to get it. It'll be added unto you in Jesus' name. Things that other people are struggling to find. It'll just fall into your lap from heaven as you seek the face of God in Jesus' mighty name. Properties are coming into our hands by the power of the Holy Ghost. Added unto us. We're receiving it. Some of you have rented for your whole life. Get ready to own. Get ready to own in Jesus' name. You've rented apartments. You've rented condos. You've rented houses. Now get ready to own. And get ready not only to own, but to own multiple properties where you become the landlord and you're renting to somebody else. In Jesus' name. Get ready to hold what you've never held. Get ready to do what you've never done. Get ready to go where you've never gone by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's our year of divine possession. Ownership. It's ours. We will hold it in our hands. What we've never held. Get ready to own it. Get ready to hold it. It is yours in Jesus' name. And it'll make the sinner's head spin. And people say, how'd that happen? How'd you get that? And you'll be able to tell them about the goodness of God because he's the one who brings the increase. Psalm 75 verses 6 and 7 would be good to recite here because we need to understand where it comes from. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
lift your hands again and receive this. We will never be found wanting in the presence of God in Jesus' name. For the Lord, by his mighty right hand, is reaching out to us and lifting us up, head and shoulders above the rest, in the mighty name of Jesus. I feel the anointing on this. You need to receive it right where you're watching. You, you need to receive this in your home. Receive this into your spirit that God is going to lift you up head and shoulders above the rest in Jesus' mighty name. I was preaching like this one time, teaching like this, and I was having people uh, on the broadcast confess that. I want you to confess God's going to set me head and shoulders above the rest in Jesus' name. And I had some religious person get in the comments section and start typing. Well, I hope, brother, that you're not talking about asking God to set me head and shoulders above my Christian brothers and sisters, because that's just not right. And, and let me tell you something, that sounds holy and that sounds humble, but you know as well as I do that that is not how it works in the real world, that every Christian is not on the same level. And let me, let me tell you this to go further with that thought. Not only is every Christian not on the same level, every Christian's not going to be on the same level, not even in heaven. Think about that for a minute. That even in heaven, even in the millennial reign of Christ, every Christian won't be at the same level. There will be some who have plenty to provide to the Lord when we, when we get to heaven. And it won't be burned up as chaff. It will come through the fire and be gold on the other side as we lay our crowns at Jesus' feet. Some people will have plenty to present to the Lord and they will be, there will be different levels. Not everybody's going to be at the same level. Not everybody will be at the same level. And on the earth right now, you can clearly see not everybody's at the same level. Not everybody's at the same level. And I refuse. Now, this is the thought I want you to get. Because people will try to make you feel bad because you're pressing in and they're not. Well, you, you really need to fast. You feel like you need to fast 21 days, do you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do feel like that. You know, when people tell others, that if you're not in the full-time ministry, then you shouldn't fast for an extended period of time, it shows that you don't fully understand the benefits of fasting and prayer. You don't understand the supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. Fasting's not done flippantly. It's not just a natural thing to crucify the flesh. It has supernatural benefits. I don't say those things. I don't say that Christians should only uh, fast for an extended period of time if they're a preacher. No. Because it's not just preachers that need the hand of God at work in their life. Business people in the kingdom need it. Moms in the kingdom need it. Dads need it. Doesn't matter what you do, you need the hand of God. And God sees your dedication and he rewards you accordingly. He rewards you accordingly. So well, you could just pray. You could, but that's not the biblical pattern. The biblical pattern is there should be times of fasting and prayer. And you, people make the argument, well, there's no 21-day fast in the Bible. I get that. I understand that. There's not a, in fact, if you read my book that I put out on a biblical fasting, we're not, there is no command for any specific length of fast. We can only see narratives of how long people did fast in the Bible. 
and there are fasts of unspecified length in the Bible. But that doesn't have anything to do with why we're fasting 21 days. We're just doing it by faith. We're not doing it because the Bible says go 21 days. We're doing it by faith. We're giving God the first three weeks of our year in dedication, believing for supernatural encounters that will turn our whole lives around. I feel like people think it's like, uh, like going to be a bad idea. I don't think people should do it if they're not. But like, why? We think somebody's going to hurt themselves. Fasting is not bad for you. It's good for you. Even the natural benefits are good for you. It's not bad for you. I feel like people think that the body of Christ is a bunch of wimps that can't handle anything. We're the, we're the warriors God's put on the earth for these final moments of time. And it's not, let me tell you, nobody needs to be warned against fasting because nobody's doing it in the first place. Nobody's doing it in the first place. I'm trying to, we're rallying people together to fast because we need more people that are serious about the kingdom of God and less people that are flippant about the kingdom of God. You've already got Christians battling their carnal flesh and they're living in carnality. We don't need more of that. We need more Christians like you, the Victory Tribe, that are serious about the things of God. I feel like people think that, that Christians are a bunch of wimps. We have the ability. We can fast 21 days and it'll be good for us and God will bless us on top of that. So people can lay back if they want to, but remember this. We're not those people. We're not the people that are just satisfied coasting through life with a subpar life with, with, with ups and downs. I'm not satisfied with that. And neither are you. That's why you're on this broadcast tonight. You're not satisfied with it either. You want to see God bless you in an extreme way, to use you in an extreme way, to make an impact on your generation until Jesus comes. That's why we're doing this. Not to be holier than thou. We're doing it as a point of contact and faith, saying, God, use us. God, bless us. God, make us those that you will see as vessels of gold and silver, not a wooden clay that, that can't be used for every good work. Use us for every good work. And I'll say this. When I have you confess, God's getting ready to set me head and shoulders above the rest. So well, I hope that doesn't mean my Christian brothers and sisters. Yes, it does mean that. Because there are plenty of Christian brothers and sisters that don't give a crap about the power of God. And they don't care. They're not even attending church. Think, think about this. It's not church attendance that makes you a Christian. We're saved by grace through faith. We get that. But there's, you know how many pastors are having to get online and say, it's time to come back to church, everybody. You've laid out too long. And now that the pandemic's over. And so it's time. You need to come back. We need to gather in person once again. You know why? Because people don't give a crap. They're sitting at home collecting a check spiritually. It's like they've gone on to spiritual welfare and they've let themselves become lazy. I'm not talking about that kind of person. You got, that's laughable to me. That's not who we are. Talk about us, you and me watching this right now, the, you that are engaged, you that are on, you that are listening on the podcast. That's not who we are. We're not sitting at home in bed on a Sunday morning. We're in the house of God. We're in person gathered together. While every other chump that doesn't care about obeying scripture sits at home and watches church online. Get to church. We're not those people. So of course, I'm going to say, God's going to take his mighty right hand and lift us head and shoulders above who? Those that don't care. Those that aren't pressing in. Those that, aren't si those that are just sitting around coasting through their Christian life and nobody in history will know their name because they, they, they don't care about God using them. 
They don't care about carrying out the great commission. They don't care about being dedicated to the Lord God Almighty. So you know what? It's not, it's not a, a, a di- equal distribution of wealth in the kingdom. This isn't communism or socialism. That's not how the kingdom functions. It functions on a theocracy. God has the right to exalt people that have exalted his ways, that have obeyed his commands. He has the right to lift people up. And that's what God does. That's exactly what God does. You're not going to find me sleeping in on Sunday morning. You're not going to find me goofing off on a Wednesday night. You're not going to find me not picking up my Bible except for when the pastor says, please turn to. You're not going to find me not praying unless it's, you know, to get my food into my belly. Father, bless this food in Jesus' name. We're going to be the serious ones. That's what this whole thing's about. We're going to be the serious ones. The ones that when God's looking through the earth, he can say, those are the ones I'm going to use right there. They're ready to go. They're ready right now. They're ready to be used. And that's why we need explosive encounters with the Most High God. Powerful encounters. I'll give you one more before we pray. Luke chapter 4. This one is Jesus. This one is Jesus. There aren't, there are no, there are no uh, specific dangers of fasting unless you do something extremely stupid like the person that my Uncle Tiff did know that fasted for like 60 days and then, you know, and ate a huge meal. Well, don't do something stupid. You know, in this book right here, I tell you how to begin a fast and how to end a fast properly. For every seven days you fast, you should take a day to easily come off the fast. And I tell you all about it in there. Fasting is actually good for your body. It's very good for your body. And I have all the medical information in there as well. But I don't agree. I personally don't agree that people that aren't in the ministry shouldn't do extended fasts. I don't agree with that. Nor In the same way that I don't agree that everybody that's not in the ministry shouldn't pray for an hour a day or pray for two hours a day. I don't agree with that either. I think that every Christian in the Bible, all Christians were praying at least an hour a day, not just the ones in the ministry. So I don't, I don't feel like that you have to have a greater dedication uh, or you can't have a greater dedication unless you're in the full-time ministry. I don't believe that. Well, you know, only those in the ministry should read the New Testament every month. Only those in ministry should read the Bible every year. No, I don't believe that. I count all dedication. You know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Vody Bochum said something uh, uh, very interesting. He said, we've done a disservice to people in our churches is that we found that when people are extremely interested in the spiritual things and in the word of God, we've always said, oh, you must be called to ministry. And I agree with that. You shouldn't have to be called to ministry to have an extreme interest in the word of God and in spiritual things as a Christian. If you're a Christian, you should have extreme interest in the word of God and in things of the spirit. And so I'm not, I don't believe, because if you think about it, all, as I was just going to say that, Chad Patrick, all Christians are ministers of the gospel. Now, is there a difference between the fivefold ministry and Christians? Of course there is. The fivefold ministry gifts are set in the church for the perfecting of the saints. Yes, there is. The fivefold ministry is set there to perfect the saints, but every Christian is called to minister to others in their community. Every Christian is called to the great commission. Every Christian is to make an impact in their world. Every Christian. 
And so if you know that that's what you're called to do, then you, you should understand dedication is not second hand or second place for you. It's first place. And let me tell you something. There is no detriment. There will be no, it's not detrimental for any Christian to fast for an extended period of time. It can only help you. It cannot hurt you. So why, why anybody would ever try to let people off the hook is beyond me. It's beyond me. I believe, and, and you look at our nation right now, by the way, look at our nation and you tell me, you tell me if the nation of the, if you're in this nation, the United States of America, you tell me if what we need is Christians that press in less or Christians that press in more. We are in a very vital moment in time. This is urgent. This is urgent. If we allow this world to continue to go, this, this nation especially, in, in the direction that it's going without a mighty move of God, the Christians that rise up and make an impact in their generation, you'll have a United States that's very much like Europe. Godless. Godless, where nobody knows anything about the spirit. Nobody knows anything about God. And what are we going to do? Sit around and tell people do less for God? No, do more for God. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. It's time to be counted for the kingdom. And you look at what's going on. Now, I understand Bible prophecy. I know the hearts of many will grow cold. I know that people will fall away. But as I've said a hundred million times, and I'll keep saying it, that won't be us in Jesus' name. That will not be us in Jesus' name. It's interesting to me that the first thing the Holy Spirit led Jesus to do after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Get this in your spirit tonight before we pray. The first thing the Holy Ghost led Jesus to do after his baptism in the Spirit was not to preach the gospel was not to lay hands on the sick, was not to cast out devils or raise the dead. The first thing that Jesus was led to do was fast and pray. That's the first thing. Luke chapter four, after he was baptized in water, the Bible says he returned from the Jordan, Luke 4, 1, and was led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they, were, when, when they ended, he was hungry. Now go down to verse 14. After his temptation, after his fasting, after his prayer, what does the Bible say happened for Christ? And Jesus returned in what? The power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out throughout the surrounding country. One of the things we can say for sure is that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, but after praying and fasting, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Let me say that again. Jesus was already filled with the Spirit, but after prayer and fasting, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And this is the very thing that he told his disciples in Matthew 17 and in Mark chapter 9. When they had a problem taking authority over a demon spirit and could not cast that spirit out, he said, this kind of demon comes out only by prayer, and some manuscripts read, and fasting. And in fact, very good manuscripts, and some, some that are uh, uh, very well thought of by those that are involved in, in that scholarly debate about which manuscripts that we're looking at to make up our text. Prayer and fasting. 
prayer and fasting. Jesus said, the reason you couldn't do what I called you to do is because you have not been praying, and some translations, and fasting the way you should be. So that shows you that the thing that the Spirit led Jesus to do was for a purpose. You've got a purpose on your life. And if you want to break through every wall and do everything God's called you to do in strength and in power with efficiency, it's going to take prayer and without question fasting. No question. Because here's the thing, if it wasn't necessary, why didn't Jesus pray then? Why didn't he just pray? Why did he need to fast? If the apostles were in the New Testament doing the things they were called to do, why didn't they just pray? Why did did they have to fast? Why did the early church that turned their known world upside down? And let me tell you how supernatural that was. That it carried a death sentence to be a Christian until the peace of the church in the third century But they didn't stop because it was a death sentence. They turned their known world upside down and they were fasting and praying two days every week. Why didn't they just pray? Why did they fast and pray? Why didn't the apostles just pray? Why didn't Jesus just pray? Why didn't the Old Testament saints just pray? Catch this. There was no five-fold ministry in the Old Testament. Get that in your spirit. There was no five-fold ministry in the Old Testament. There were prophets, there were prophets, but there were no apostles, there were no pastors, and there were no evangelists because there was no good news to tell. You had prophets, and you could say you had teachers because you had the Jewish rabbis, you had people that would teach the law and people that would teach the people, but you basically had a two-fold ministry gift in the Old Testament. You had priests... And so who were all these people fasting and praying in the Old Testament? Followers of God. That's who they were. Who were all these people fasting and praying in the New Testament? Followers of God. It's not to be done lightly. This is a serious business. And the reason I, I started by telling you tonight, it's a supernatural transaction that provokes God's interaction. Because when we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. When we seek His face, we obey His voice, Guess what's going to happen? Supernatural things are getting ready to take place for every one of us. You ought to get excited. The best days you've ever seen are getting ready to hit your life. And I want to pray for you at the end of this broadcast tonight. And uh, I'm going to, by the way, uh, I've got a a couple of things to tell you when we're done. So don't go. I'm going to pray for you. And then I want to tell you about some things that are coming up. But it's important. We're going to see the supernatural hand of God at work in our lives absolutely at work in our lives, in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you tonight in the mighty name that's above every name. I ask you, Lord, that as we enter in on this first day of the fast, this first day of prayer and fasting, we ask you, Lord, to open the windows of heaven over our homes. First of all, pour us out a fresh strength and a a fresh power. Blow your breath from heaven. We're asking you everything the enemy sent to harass our families, our homes, our minds, our bodies. Blow your breath from heaven and blow it away from us in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that those that are struggling in their bodies, that are battling sickness and disease, I pray that during this time of prayer and fasting that that would lift off of them and healing virtue would come upon them. As your word declares in Isaiah 58 that our healing would spring forth speedily. In Jesus' wonderful name. And I thank you for that.
And Lord, now we ask you to do things that only you can do during this fast and during this, this, this time of prayer and seeking your face. Open doors that only you can open. Do things that only you'll get the glory for. Do things that are so supernatural that it'll make the sinner's head spin. They won't be able to understand it. They won't be able to understand it. Let it be so impactful that it'll change the trajectory of our entire life in Jesus' name. Let us run on the strength of this, what you do in us, for the whole year. We thank you. This is our year of divine possession. We'll hold what we've never held. We'll do what we've never done. We thank you. This is going to be a year to rejoice. This is going to be a year to rejoice. Lord, we ask you tonight, I pray that you would destroy and humiliate every plan by antichrist men and women that's been in the works behind closed doors behind the scenes i pray that you'd not only destroy the plan but bring to humiliation every single one that's begun to work against the church of god behind the scenes that's begun to work against the christian and your agenda lord humiliate every plan humiliate every identity every person every individual bring them to nothing your word declares let god arise and his enemies be scattered so every entity that has worked behind the scenes against your church against your people against your plan blow your breath blow every smoke screen out of the way and humiliate them humiliate them in jesus name let the crooked let the wicked be caught in their crookedness let them be caught in their wickedness i pray that people will go to jail this year that have been working against god's people i pray it in jesus name blow your breath from heaven and remove the enemies of god just like you did in the old testament and just like you did in the new testament lord just like you did with Elemus the sorcerer, as Paul was preaching the gospel to the governor, Sergius Paulus, and judged him there. Let that happen this year in America and around the world. Every antichrist plan, throw a wrench in the works, Lord, and give us more time to preach your gospel. In Jesus' name, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. As wax melts in the fire, let every plan of the wicked melt by the fire of the Holy Ghost. As chaff is blown away by the wind, let every plan of the devil and antichrist men and women be blown away by the wind of God. In Jesus' mighty name, bless your people, Lord. Lord, do things that will be so evident that even their friends who may not yet be serving you will begin to ask them, how did that happen? How, what, what, I, I don't understand. And then let it be an open door to tell people about Christ. Let us bring more souls into the kingdom this year by your power than we ever have in the history of our lives and ministries. Let this be a year of divine promotion. And we thank you that divine possession is ours. We'll have what we've never had. We'll do what we've never done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe it, throw some hands up, throw some fire up in the comments section. If you receive and believe that prayer, shout yes wherever you are. And let me say, um, just to give you an update on the schedule of what we're going to be doing. Of course, we're fasting and praying from the 2nd through the 22nd. If you have not yet joined the private Facebook group, 
for this 21 day fast. I highly, highly encourage you to join the group. If you need to uh, navigate your way to it, you can always go to our website, miracleword.com, right on the homepage, there's a button where you can click it. It'll take you to that Facebook group, join it. We'll let you into the group. That's where we're going to be discussing. That's where we're going to be answering questions. I'm posting videos. I'm staying in contact with you guys. This is where we're, we're coming together and interacting during this time of fasting and prayer. Again, don't forget the Bible reading plan. We're reading through the scripture, uh, the New Testament in 21 days. It's 11 chapters of the New Testament every day. Today is Matthew 1 through 11, and uh, it'll continue on in that pattern. We're doing that every day. Matthew through Jude in 21 days. We're praying together. Of course, Monday through Friday, I'll be back for our normal broadcasts at 10.30 a.m. No, it won't be on Instagram, Rebecca. You'll have to either start a Facebook account or, or, or whatever, but it's only a private Facebook group. So that's where we're talking. Um, and then you can just abandon it whenever we're done if you want to. But um, I'll be back normal days, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m., but... Every single night of the fast that I'm not preaching in revival meetings will be right here, nine o'clock, New York City time, uh, East, Eastern, Eastern time if you're in the U.S. Uh, we're going to be on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter um, every night of the fast as we go through, uh, just like this teaching. I'll be back again tomorrow night, all the way through this week. And so we start next week in revival in Indiana, uh, but I want you to be with me every single night. And it's going to help you. Again, if you don't have these two books that we've been putting up, get them. They will help you immensely with your understanding of fasting and prayer. I didn't do it uh, just for the fun of it. This is going to help you a lot. Inside that Facebook group, too, we've posted all the uh, content we've put out on fasting. You can, you can stay up to date with it and with everything that's going on. I want to challenge you during this time of fasting and prayer. Let it also be a time of sowing. Sow a seed and expect God to do supernatural things uh, in your ministry, in your life, in your family, financially in this year. Big, believe for a turnaround. Believe for the best financial year you've ever seen. Part of what we do, now I want you to hear this, it's all a sacrifice unto God. My time of fasting, my time of prayer, my time of giving. One thing they say at our church, which I love, Bishop Rick says this all the time, it's prayer it's praise and presentation. We pray, we praise God, and we present an offering to God. And so that's part of our worship. People don't know this. Fasting is a form of worship. Giving is a form of worship. And so I'm challenging you to stand with Carolyn with me in these final moments of time and partner with this ministry. But there you can see on the screen, you can go to miracleword.com. You can sow your seed there. And there's all kinds of ways to give. They're all listed on the website but I'm challenging you to do something significant to start this year by faith uh, financially. And we want to say thank you for doing that. I love you guys very much. Um, I have just a few minutes if you want to ask a question or two. Uh, but I would encourage you for the questions you have, put them in the online Facebook group. Because there were, and I love this because I saw people already helping other people. People were asking for prayer points and specific verses to stand for their family. I like that. I like seeing that people are already helping other people find things during the fast. But I love you guys very much. In fact, why don't we just do that? Because I think that'll be the best way to do it. Um, that Facebook group is for question and answers and things like that. So uh, join us there. We'll let you in. And uh, I will see you in the morning, 
10.30 a.m. I'll see you tomorrow night at 9 o'clock p.m. Have a great time. Don't forget, take your time to fast and pray and read this word and get, in, get involved. Don't, listen to me, don't let this time slip by. Don't get caught up just not eating, but not really getting to prayer, not really getting to your word. Now, don't do that. Press in, press in. Move stuff out of the way, remove distractions, press in. The best days are ahead. I can't wait, I can't wait. Now, final thing, we're closing the fast on the 22nd, where we're going to meet and have a prayer and communion service. And so at the end of the fast on the 22nd, we're gonna be having you submit your prayer requests, we're gonna take communion together, and we're gonna break the fast after that broadcast. I love you so much, I'll see you again in the morning, have a great night's rest, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Good night. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.